concerning spiritual gifts. Part four. Is that correct? Is that correct? First Corinthians chapter twelve. We're studying from verse 1 to 11. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols, even as ye were led. Wherefore, I give to you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God calleth Jesus accursed, and that no man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Now there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit, and there are differences of administrations but the same Lord. And there are diversities of operations, but it is the same God which worketh all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit withal. I want you to notice verse 7. He was talking about gifts. But in verse 7, he called it or described it as the manifestation of the Spirit. He had been talking about gifts. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. Differences of administrations, but the same Lord. And then diversities of operations, but the same God that work at all in all. Then in verse 7, he described the gifts as manifestation of the Spirit. So when these gifts are in operation, it is the Holy Spirit actually manifesting himself in us and through us. Amen. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man. I would think that we would say that, but the manifestation of the gifts is given to every man. Because talking about gifts being given to men, but here he said the manifestation of the Spirit. Because it is the Holy Ghost that administers these gifts. They are gifts of the Holy Ghost. They are gifts of the Spirit. So when it comes, it doesn't come empty-handed. Amen. This manifestation is given to every man to profit without. Not just for us to make private profit. But it's actually saying that we may bring profit into the kingdom of God. Verse 8. For to one is given by the Spirit, the word of wisdom, to another, the word of knowledge, by the same Spirit. Now, some people think that Paul the Apostle here was saying that one man should have all the gifts. No. He wrote this letter to the church at Corinth. It wasn't just a letter written or addressed to an individual. He addressed it to the church. And he was asking the whole church to covet all of these gifts. Like in the expression house now, we can have all of these nine gifts in manifestation. 
It is ours to desire that the Holy Spirit would give us this gift, impart this gift to us. But it is for the Holy Spirit to determine who gets what. Amen? So you don't tell him that this is actually, you see, Holy Spirit, this is what I want. See, this, this is the one that I think, you know, will fit me, will look good on me. No. You are a vessel in his hands and he has a purpose for your life. All right? It is the maker of the vessel that knows the purpose for which the vessel was being manufactured. When you are manufacturing a cup, you are designing the cup for drinking. Maybe for drinking water, wine, and juice, right? It is not the cup that tells you, this is going to be my purpose. It is the designer of the cup who says, I want this cup for drinking. We are vessels in the hands of God. The Holy Ghost knows us more than we do know ourselves. So, he is the one that divides to every man. The word divides in the King James is distributes. Is the one that distributes to you, to you, to you, to you, to me, to you, to you, to you, and to you. The kind of gifts that will suit your purpose per time. Can I have an amen to that? That's why he said, for to one. He didn't say for to everyone. To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. So he can give Moriah the word of wisdom. And then to another, maybe to Falaka now, the word of knowledge. All right? Now, that doesn't mean that if you have the word of wisdom, that's your permanent gift forever. And then you're not going to ever be able to function other gifts. He distributes as the occasion serves. As the need arises and he wants to use you in a particular dimension, yeah, that's why I said, for, you need to covet the best gift. What is the best gift? The gift you need right now. And because we are faced with different situations at different times, we are going to be needing the operation of these gifts at different times. Can I have an amen to that? So let's get this foundation right as we build on it. So for to one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. Verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another the gifts of healings, the gifts of healings. Both words should be in plural. King James put the healing in singular, but both words are supposed to be in plural. In the original Greek, they are both in plural. The gifts of healings, because there are all manners of healings. All right? Um, by the same spirit. Verse 10, to another, the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another descending of spirits, to another diverse kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues, and verse 11, but all these work at the one, that one and the self-same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. Last week, we divided the gifts into three categories. Can you remind me if you were here? Yeah? We divided them into three categories. I taught you about categorization. Without consulting your notes, can you remember? Now, you must never forget. You need to check this out regularly. I'm not saying daily, but check it out regularly. And if you're hungry enough, you should check them out daily. God is looking for hungry people. He wants to use hungry people. That's the truth. That's the truth. And to show that you're hungry, you must be checking your notes. Don't just write notes. Check. Go over them again and again. There are three categories of these gifts. 
Number one, we have the gifts that say something. So repeat after me. Say the gifts that say something. They are also called the gifts of utterance. So call them, say after me, the gifts of utterance. You know, when you say utterance, from the word utter, U-T-T-E-R, the gifts that say something, the gift of utterance. Number two, we have, now, okay, so what are the gifts in this category? One, prophecy. Two, diverse kinds of tongues. Three, interpretations of tongues. So say with me, prophecy. Diverse kinds of tongues. Interpretation of tongues. These are the three gifts of utterance or the gifts that say something. They say something. Number two, we have the gifts that do something. These ones don't say, they do. They are also called the power gifts. Say the power gifts. All right, so one, the gift of faith. Say after me, the gift of faith. Two, the working of miracles. Say after me, the working of miracles. And number three, the gifts of healings. Let me hear you say that. So these three gifts, faith, working of miracles, gifts of healings, are categorized as the gifts that do something. They do. They are action gifts. They are also called power gifts. They are called power gifts. They do something. You know, if you did elementary physics, what is the definition of power? Nobody did physics here. Yeah? You've forgotten. Power is the ability to do work. All right? So work is always associated with power. All right? These are the gifts that do something. So remember, they do something because they are power gifts. All right? They always perform actions. Number three, we have the gifts that reveal something. And that's where we are. That's where we're starting from. The gifts that reveal something. They are called gifts of revelation. And these are the word of wisdom in this particular order. Somebody said the word of wisdom. The word of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Say after me. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. Now, as we go into this series and teach week in, week out, I don't know when we're going to end them, but God will grant us grace and speed. Some of you will begin to see this gift manifest in your life, in your walk with God, and in your relationship with other believers. As a matter of fact, some of you would see that you've actually manifested some of this gift before, but you didn't know. He said, something told me, someone, I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't, I don't know if it was the Holy Ghost or me, but something told me. Now, over time, you will graduate from something told me to knowing that the Holy Spirit actually told you or he actually showed you something. So, we'll go back to the scriptures tonight. I'll give you examples. We're starting with the word of knowledge. We started that last week, and I'm going to build on that. So if you were not here last week, get the message, listen to it, and then to help you, because I need to make progress tonight. Now, the word of knowledge is the first one that we have picked out of the nine, and I said is the supernatural revelation 
by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. Supernatural revelation by the Holy Spirit of certain facts in the mind of God. In the mind of God, these facts are there. But then the Holy Ghost takes them from the mind of God and reveals them to you. Alright? Now, God is all-knowing. God knows everything, knows everything about everybody, about everyone in the world. God has all knowledge. Nobody has all knowledge, but God has all knowledge. And you don't have all knowledge. Can I have an amen to that? <laughs> yeah, you have the Spirit of God, but you don't have all of it. Now, you can't process all of the things that God knows. For instance, God knows the names of the seven billion people in the world. What have you got to do with that? And God knows the plan for the seven billion people in the world. If he reveals the plan to you, how long, how many years will it take you to know each person and to know God's plan for their lives? So we're limited in knowledge. However, so what the Holy Ghost does, I'm breaking this into the simplest bits so you can understand it. What the Holy Ghost does is to take part of the knowledge of God and impart it to us because we need it at the moment. It may be as a warning. It may be as an encouragement. It may be as an instruction. So, like when we say a word, a word is different from a sentence. A sentence could contain about 15 words. But then I can take one word out of the sentence and give it to you. That is exactly how the word of knowledge operates. God has all the knowledge. Then he takes a bit of it. The Holy Ghost takes a bit of it and then imparts it to us, reveals it to us. That's why it is called word of knowledge. All right? Word of knowledge. Now, it is not all of the knowledge. It is not everything that God knows that he shows to man. That's why in Deuteronomy 29, 29, it says, the secret things belong to the Lord, but the things which are revealed belong to us and our children. All right? That we may do all the words of the law. So, we don't know all that God knows. And may I ask you tonight, does God know more than you? Do you agree over here that God knows more than you do know? Even about your life? Because if I ask you 25 years from now, 25th of April, 2048, where are you going to be? You have no clue. In fact, this time tomorrow, you have an idea what your day may look like, but you don't always, you know, our days don't always end the way, or things happen. We get surprised, whether pleasantly or unpleasantly, all right? Because we don't know. Like they say, we don't even know tomorrow. But God knows everything. In fact, David the psalmist in Psalm 139 captures it this way. He said, look, you know my thoughts from afar off. When I show up from afar, before I even speak a word, he said, there is no word in my tongue that you don't know. Go there, Psalm 139, and then I'll come back quickly into the manifestation of the word of knowledge. Psalm 139, I want to show you quickly, quickly. Psalm 139 is one of my favorite psalms. It talks about the awesomeness of God. God is, he said, Oh Lord, thou hast searched me from verse 1 and known me, known me from the word know, from the word knowledge. God knows me. God knows you. He said to Jeremiah, I had known you before I formed you. I knew you before I formed you. Before you were put together in your mother's womb. God has all knowledge. Verse 2, David said, Thou knowest my down-sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Who can understand your thought afar off? There's no psychologist who can. They may guess, but they don't know your thoughts. 
you may guess what I'm going through now, but you, you have no clue what I'm going through. Do you have a clue what you are going through? Sometimes, I, I asked a woman some time ago, some couple of years ago on the plane, I said, do you know why everything that happens in your life happens? Very smart American woman. This was in the U.S. She said, she's a computer, computer analyst, computer scientist. She said, to some extent, yes. But to some extent, no. I said, thank you very much. Let's deal with the extent that is no. We were on a flight from, um, I think, Houston to Florida. Smart woman. And the Holy Ghost administered to me, witnessed to me, to minister to her. And I didn't know how because this woman was one, it, maybe a hundred times smarter than me. I engaged her in a conversation. You know when some people are really very intelligent, you know. So, Lord, am I going to witness to this one? I can't tell her that God will give you a car. Oh, you know, God really wants to give you a husband. But God knows everything. And when I leaned on him and I said, Holy Ghost, give me a password, he did. And he was the one that gave me that utterance to ask her, woman, do you know why every, because she seemed to know everything. I said, do you know why every single thing that happens in your life happens? I mean, every single thing. If you're going to be honest with yourself, you know you don't know why every single thing that happens in your life happens. There are certain things you can explain. Well, because I went there and I did this, and that's why that happened. But there are certain things you just can't explain. Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. David said God is not like that. He knows my down-sitting. He knows my uprising. When I'm standing up, he knows why I'm standing up. When he sees me from afar, he knows my thoughts. This is a God to reverence. The God who knows your thoughts from afar. Before your thoughts translate into words, and before words translate into action, God already knows. David further said in verse 4, For there is not a word in my mouth, in my tongue, but lo, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. There is no word in my tongue, you know it. Thou hast beset me behind and before. And you lay your hand upon me. Verse 6, David said, look, this is too much for me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Nobody can know. Nobody can attain to the knowledge of God. The degree of the knowledge of God. I mean, knowing everything that God knows. Do you know the names of all the stars in the sky? Do you know their number? Do you know that the Bible tells us in Isaiah that God calls them each by name in Isaiah 40? <laughs> Billions of stars in the galaxy. How many people do you know in your school? Do you know all the professors in your school? Now, do you know all the doctors? Do you know all the assistant lecturers? Do you know all the students? Such that when you meet each person, you can, you can say, oh, hello, how are you? You tell them their name and their date of birth and where they live. Imagine the volume. I want you to step up a little bit tonight. Imagine the volume of information and revelation available to God. Imagine it. Now, for each person that comes to the world, God knows your name before your parents name you. All right? God knows your date of birth, the day you're going to come into the world. Now, God knows your genotype. God knows your blood group. 
God knows everything about you, including your future. What you're going to become, when you're going to get married, the children you're going to have, where you're going to live. Who you're going to quarrel with. <laughs> David said, look guys, this knowledge is too wonderful for me. I cannot attain unto it. Can I have that in the New Living Translation, please? Quickly. Quickly, quickly, quickly. This will help us to worship God some more. NLT. NIV says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too lofty. NLT now. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. Too great for me to understand. This knowledge is too wonderful for me. So what God does is to take a little bit of it and impart it to you. Because you need it. But he wants you to be hungry for it. He wants you to desire it. I spoke about desire about two weeks ago when we started this series. Look, if there is no hunger, God is not going to waste his resources. Are we hungry for it? The church is filled on Sunday, then what happens? Where's everybody on the Thursday evening? Yeah, some are online, but how many? And yet... When they call for a crusade on your campus or we have a prayer meeting and say, Lord, use me. Everybody going, oh, Lord, use me. Lord, how? How is he going to use you? This is how to equip you. Now he wants to train you. This is the manual. This is the workshop where they will train you how to use the equipment. What types of equipment are available and how to use them. And you don't attend such classes and you want to be used. It's like not going to military school and you just want to enroll in the Nigerian army. You are volunteering to go and fight war against Russia. They say, what type of gun is this? You say, I don't know. I know it's a gun. Any gun is a gun. Okay, have you had any training in the handling of firearms? Well, I know there's something called a trigger. And if I can aim, I pull it, and then off it goes. You're going to kill yourself. This is exactly how it is. These are gifts of the Spirit. They are meant to equip the saints. They equip us for the work of the ministry. They equip us for life. They are not just for the work of the ministry. They help us even in our relationship with other people. People have tagged along with people that have to destroy their destiny. But if these gifts are in operation, for example, it might just be word of knowledge. He will just show you in a vision, hey, desist from that person and that's it. And the moment you desist from them, you, you, you live a good life. You're safe from evil. But you keep tagging along with them, you tag along with them into destruction. Proverbs 13 verse 20. He that walketh with the wise shall be wise, but he that, the companion of fools, the Bible says, shall be destroyed. Praise God. Say, so walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. New Living Translation. God doesn't want you to get into trouble. So by, by word of knowledge, it could just, boom. Zoom is light on it. But then people don't, you don't even come to learn. Like Favor was saying earlier, thank God for that revelation that God gave you. It was real. In my prayer time today as well, I was talking to the Lord. Lord, let's begin to see these things in manifestation. I just don't want to teach them for, so we can put them in the archive. These are the topics that we have covered this year. I'm not interested in that. I'm interested in what you are interested in. And you put this in my spirit. For me to do a study on it and then get into it 
see it in manifestation in my life, in my ministry, and then teach it to other people and let them get into it and see it in manifestation in their lives and in their ministry and then let them teach it to other people and that's how we grow as the body of Christ. And I said again and again, I said it before, I'll say it again, when you spend time meditating in the word of God and you have his word in abundance in your heart, that is where your desires will be coming from. You will be generating desires from his own desires because you are full of his word. Jesus said in John 15, and I think it's verse 7 now, I don't want to open my Bible to it, but I will have to put a finger here and go there quickly. Abide in me. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you meditate on my word and you have my word in abundance in your spirit. You shall ask what you will. That is what you desire, all right? You will ask anything that you desire and it will be done to you. Hey, listen, your, your desire that will be done for you will be the desire that is coming from him. And it's coming from him. How? From his word that dwells in you in abundance. So you won't be desiring something sinful or something outside of his will. You'll be desiring something in the center of his will because his words are dwell and abide richly in you. In you. When you put Naira in an account, you can go to the ATM and withdraw Naira. If you put US dollars in an account, you can go to the banking hall and withdraw dollars because you put dollars there. Where you don't put dollars, you don't expect to, to reap dollars. Where there is no deposit, there can be withdrawal. So it is as his word abides in you that you can desire and ask what you will and it will be under obligation to do it because you are desiring from his word. Can I have an amen to that? These are things that young people should desire. Lord, I want to know more about the word of knowledge. Glory be to God. Back to the Psalm 139. Let me read very quickly. David was saying, Whither shall I go from your spirit? Or where shall I flee from your presence? Where? Where can I go from your spirit? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost part of the sea, if I travel overseas, even there shall your hand lead me and your right hand shall hold. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, even the night shall be light about me. Yea, the darkness hideth not from thee, but the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. You can't hide anything from God. For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee from fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works. Sister, marvelous is in the house tonight. And that my soul knoweth right well. Glory be to God. My substance was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest part of the earth. Thine eyes did see my substance, yet being unperfect. And in thy book all my members were written, which in continuance were fashioned, when as yet as there was none of them. How precious also are your thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sun. When I awake, I'm still with you. Surely thou shalt slay the wicked, O God. Depart from me, therefore, ye bloody men. For they that speak thee, Against the wickedly, and thine enemies shall take thy name in vain. Do not I hate them, O Lord, that hate thee? And am I not grieved with those that rise up against thee? I hate them with perfect hatred. I count them my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. God knows everything about us. From the cradle to the grave. 
That's why I love that song that says, Jesus commands my destiny. From life's first cry to my final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. He knows everything. God is all-knowing. Mm -hmm. So, when he takes a bit out of that and shows to you, how does he show the word of knowledge? How does he manifest the word of knowledge? And so, we started that last week. Number one, I said through visions. And so, through visions, I'm going to give you three examples, or maybe three examples, then I will go to another way that God, the Holy Spirit, manifests Word of knowledge. Now you have an idea what word of knowledge is. Word of knowledge is the supernatural revelation of certain facts in the mind of God by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit takes certain facts in the mind of God and reveals them to us. All right? From the knowledge of God, it gives us a bit of that knowledge. That's called word of knowledge. Amen. Is it clear? I want to be sure I'm teaching. Is it clear? Like you have a sentence and then you have a word. A word cannot be com com compared to a sentence. A sentence or a paragraph is, you know, a combination of words. Just like, like when you write an essay. But when you take a word or just a few words out, we're talking about word. Word of knowledge. Amen. All right. So I gave us an example last week. John, the beloved on the Isle of Patmos, who was exiled there. They tried to kill him. He wouldn't die. Then they exiled him to the Isle of Patmos took out his eyes, the man wouldn't die, and then Jesus appeared to him. Revelation 1, and in verse 10, he said, I was in the spirit on the lost day, then I heard. Then he began to write all of the things that Jesus showed him. Now, Jesus showed him the conditions of the churches in Asia Minor. At that time, all those churches were there. Physically, they were there. They were real churches that were there. Now, the Lord has a message for the church today from the book of Revelation. I'll teach that another time. From the book of Revelation, there are many things that we need to learn, we need to understand. And notice, it is not revelations, it is revelation. It's one revelation. Amen? John was not physically in those churches. Whether the church of Pagamos or Thyatira or Philadelphia or Laodicea, he, he wasn't there physically. Alright? But Jesus came to him and told him the conditions of those churches. Like you've never been to the U.S. And the Holy Ghost is telling you, a year from now, your family will be moving to the U.S. Your dad hasn't discussed that with you. Your mom hasn't discussed that with you. And the Lord is giving you specific instructions about certain things that will happen in the college that you will attend. And you're like, Lord, where is this coming from? But then, if you are a Diligent student of the Bible. Listen to me very, very, very keenly. God's children, write such things down. Date and time them. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. Habakkuk 2. And in the end, it shall speak. And even if it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come and shall not tarry. Praise God. Don't waste revelations. Don't waste visions. Don't waste words of knowledge when they come. God knows his children that are serious. And God knows the ones that are unserious. So he will relate to you as you want to relate to him. Draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. 
Praise God, amen. That was the case of John. And that was how John was able to write the book of Revelation about the seven churches. Those that needed to repent, those that needed to be strengthened, those that were dead, the one that was dead and had the, the facade has been alive. And there are many dead churches today. I mean, God is just not there. People are there, but God is not there. <laughs> they have programs. They dance. They do everything. But God is just, is just not there. It's just not there. And when you read of the horrendous things happening in many, many churches today, you wonder. We're not in any place to judge, but we need to take caution. So that that which we have, nobody takes it away from us. Are you with me tonight? Number two example. In the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 9, verses 10 to 12, there was a case of Ananias and Saul. Let's go there quickly. Saul of Tarsus. Acts chapter, chapter 9, verses 10 to 12. Saul just, you know, became born again. And then he had an encounter with the Lord and became blind. Verse 10. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord, to him said the Lord, that's the Lord Jesus, the Lord Jesus himself, King Jesus, in a vision. Notice, it was in a vision. The Lord spoke to this guy. The Lord said, Ananias. And he said, behold, I am here, Lord. Now he knew the voice of the Lord. And the Lord said unto him, arise and go into the street, which is called straight. God, the Lord Jesus was giving him a specific location. Go to the street called Straight, like the street called Badebo, or Darlington, or Alafia, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prayeth. Go there, right now. Go to the house of Judas and inquire. Ask about one Saul of Tarsus. He's in that house, and right now he's praying. Exact information. The next verse. And I'd seen in a vision a man named Ananias. Look, the Lord was giving Ananias a vision. He had given Saul of Tarsus a vision as well. And Saul had seen in that vision that a man named Ananias was coming to pray for him that he might receive his sight. So the Lord, having shown Saul that vision, now went to Ananias and showed him a vision also. Now go to Saul. Alright? And he had seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Now look at what Ananias said. Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard by many of this, I've heard by many of this man how much evil he had done to thy saints at Jerusalem. And here he had authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on your name. Your name. So he knew he was talking to the Lord Jesus. He said he has authority. This son of Tarsus has authority to bind everyone that calls on your name. But the Lord said to him, go thy way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Amen. Praise God. You might think this was a cheap thing. No, it wasn't. This son of Tarsus was a terrorist. It's like the head of the terrorist troubling Nigeria. 
Anywhere people call upon the name of the Lord, they go there and burn churches, burn Christians, kill women, rip pregnant women open from their organ up, blood flowing everywhere. And he was very zealous doing this. He had gotten letters from the religious leaders of the day to come to Damascus and persecute the church. And on the way, he met the Lord Jesus. Now, if the Lord says to you, I'm sending you to the chief cultist in your school, whose name you know, who has destroyed many Christian fellowships, killed some lecturers, maybe, or some students, and the Lord said, I'm sending you to go and pray for him. Oh, no, Lord. No, Lord. Do you know what this man has done? And Lord said, hey, he's my vessel. I've got my hands on him, and I'm going to show him how great things he's going to suffer for my name's sake. He's, he's, he's done his worst. Don't worry. He's going to suffer a lot, but I'm going to use him. He's my vessel. Now, that's not easy. That's not an easy adventure because you're not sure. Lord, hey, is this guy really born again? Is he really saved? I don't want to get to his room, and he strangles me. I don't want him to kill me. People that are going to be Christians are going to be totally committed, fully committed to God. And they love not their lives even unto the death. Revelation 12, 11. If Ananias had tried to save his life, God would have used someone else and he would have lost it all the same. But he went all the same. This wasn't cheap. This wasn't cheap. This mission that Jesus sent him. But how did he know that Saul was in town? How did he know the address of Saul. How did he know that Saul was praying? Because he went there and he found Saul praying. Word of knowledge. A fragment of what the Lord knew already. God gave to him. Imparted to him by the Spirit in a vision. So, there are times that the word of knowledge is manifested through a vision. That's where we'll end it tonight. Through a vision. But I'll give you other examples. Number two example, or number three. Number one was John, the beloved on the Isle of Patmos. Number two, uh, this is now Ananias and Saul. Number three, let's go to Acts chapter 10. I'll give you the example of Peter, Peter and Cornelius. Acts chapter 10, uh, from verse 9 to 20. Acts 10, 9 to 20. Glory to God. Um, I, don't, I won't spend much time here because we know the story already. I need to wrap this up. 9 to 20. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. The sixth hour was about 12 noon. That's like six hours from 6 a.m., 12 noon. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while they made ready, while they were cooking the food, Baba fell into a trance. And saw heaven opened, and a vessel, sudden vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet, neat at the four corners, and let down to the earth, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, and wild beasts, and creeping things, and fowls of the air. And there came a voice to him, Rise, Peter, kill, and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. 
And the voice speak unto him again the second time, what God has cleansed, that call not thou common. This is why you don't judge people. Don't judge people. What God has cleansed, don't call it common. You don't know the, 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 the relationship between people and God many, many times. You don't know. And what you don't know, you don't know. This was done three times, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now, while Peter doubted in, his, in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. Verse 19. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. These were the words of the Holy Ghost to Peter. Three men are looking for you. Arise therefore and get thee down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. How did Peter know that three men were looking for him? He was on the housetop. He was praying. He fell asleep, fell into a trance. And then by the time he woke up and was trying to understand the vision, the Holy Ghost was already speaking. Three men are at the door. How did he know? Word of knowledge. Can I have an amen to that? And you know the story. So he went with them. Now, how did they even get his house? The Holy Ghost through an angel visited Cornelius and gave him the address to go to the house of one Simon the Tanner. Gave him a definite and specific description. Does God know your house? So when God is getting ready to send you a blessing, does he know your house? So where did we get the song from? Pass me not by, O gentle Savior. Can he possibly pass you by when he meant to come to you? Can God come to this service now and say, well, who is Toby Akonde? I really don't know you. Um, Toby Akonde, please signify by waving your hand. Would that be the Lord? That, guy, that could be a stranger, but not the Lord. So I don't get, pass me not by. Oh, gentle Savior. He knows me. He knows my name. I love that song by Israel Hilton. He knows my name. He knows my every thought. He sees every tear that falls and, 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 and hears me when I call. I have a father. He knows my name. It's an old song, but powerful and lovely. Word of knowledge. Word of knowledge. And Peter went with them, went to the house of Cornelius, and wonders happened. He preached God's word. And in verse 44, the Bible says, While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that had the word. The Bible doesn't say that the Holy Ghost fell on all that were in the house. It fell on them that heard. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. You can be in the house and not hear. You can be here physically tonight and you're not hearing what I'm saying because your mind is at home. Pastor Fred, close quickly. There is one ogbono on my, my mom made. I need to go and eat it. The last example. Okay, I'm going to move to the next one. Then I'll give you a personal example. Number two. The gift also manifests through an inward revelation. Through an inward revelation. Number one, 
The gifts manifest through visions. And I give you three examples on that. Then number two now, capital number two, the gifts also manifest through an inward revelation. So there are times that the Lord might not show you a vision, but the Lord will give you an inward revelation. Inward revelation. All right? I'll, give you, I'll just quickly give you an example of that from the Bible. Then I'll give you uh, one or two examples, um, one that I read and one that I have experienced. Now, you remember in John chapter 4, Jesus at the well, by the well of Samaria. Jesus used the word of knowledge to convince that woman who was a sinner of a need for a savior. In John chapter 4, if you look at it from verse 14, Jesus was speaking about the water that he had. I still have a few minutes. Okay, good. John chapter 4. Let's go there quickly. The book of John chapter 4, and then we'll go at verse 14. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him, now he was having a conversation with this woman, and you need to understand that the Jews... And the Samaritans never mixed. But Jesus broke protocol. He came to the world for this. Amen. He said, and whosoever shall drink of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman said unto him, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come thither to draw again. I'm tired of coming to the well to, to fetch water every time. Give me this water so I will never be thirsty again. I'll drink it once and that will sustain me forever. And Jesus said, go and call your husband and come here. Go call your husband and come here. <laughs> and for that, okay, so the woman responded and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you have said well, you have well spoken. You have spoken well. I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands. And he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidst thou truly. <laughs> the woman said unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Hey! How did you get to know that I've had five husbands? And I'm in a relationship right now. We're living together. So these things didn't just start today. <laughs> you know, young people live together. They are not married yet. And they think it's a new thing. You know, it's a new innovation. You know, we're just, we're in love. And then we're just trying to sample. We're just trying to check our compatibility. It didn't start today. This is as old as the Bible. This woman had had five husbands. Five! What's a problem? What, what do you call this kind of woman in sociology? Now she had left five of them and she was living in the house of one or maybe that one moved in with her. Whoever, whichever way, somebody moved in with somebody and that also was not her husband. How do you know such things about people? By the Holy Ghost, not by witchcraft, not by familiar spirits. So people, what, what happens in the, in, for the most part in the world is that people use familiar spirits 
to try to know people. When we move away from the word of God, I repeat this statement, Satan will accommodate us. When we move away from the Holy Spirit, the demon spirit will accommodate us. When people move away from the word of knowledge, which is by the Holy Ghost, Satan will accommodate them and give them a familiar spirit, a caricature, a fake version of the word of knowledge. This is what many people that are called so-called prophets in Nigeria especially are using today. Not just in Nigeria, across the globe. It's not the Holy Ghost. So don't be surprised that you might be walking on the street and somebody stops you on the road. Hello, my daughter, how are you? Your name is Doi. Mm. Oh, 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 oh. You are the last one in your family. See, yes, sir. Now, when you hear two, three things that are accurate about you, you wonder, ah. And then it says something else. Then you are compelled to listen. It is not always the Spirit of God. The Bible speaks about Saul when he had missed it. He was anointed. The Holy Ghost came on him. But when he departed and followed his own life, his own greed, he didn't hear from God anymore. So he consulted the people that had familiar spirits. When we step away from the gifts of the spirit and we try to use them in the flesh, Satan will easily accommodate us. Don't give a word if you have not heard from God. Somebody might come to you and say, brother or sister, please, can you pray with me? And you pray with them. And after praying, they say, do you have a word for me? If you don't have a word, tell them, I don't have a word. It's well with you. It is well. Don't try to cook up something mm, by the spirit. You are cooking it up in the flesh. The spirit has come down. No, no, no. Don't, don't try to always do that. Don't, don't, don't manipulate people. Don't allow people also push you into error. Senior pastor said he prayed for a woman. And after he finished praying, the woman said, didn't you see anything? A lady had come to this church before. She was invited by a friend. And then she got my number. And she, she sent me a message and said, Pastor, I have three guys. I want you to help me pray over them. Which one is my, which one is my husband? Which one should I marry? I replied, telling her, I am not God. God is your maker, your creator. Talk to him. He will tell you the one he fashioned and prepared for you before the foundation of the world. That was the last day she spoke to me. I could have done abracadabra. All right, come and see me, dear daughter of Zion. You see that one that's called Shegun? Shegun means victory. Ah, you have been through a lot in your life. Now, who hasn't been through anything? She said, oh, yeah, Pastor, Pastor, I've been through all. Daddy, 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 you are seeing something. It's a lie. I'm not seeing Jack. I just want to see what you want me to see. Are you with me tonight? Jesus didn't do all of that. Jesus just simply told us straight. <laughs> oh, Lord, I love Jesus. Jesus knew that she didn't have a husband, though. Jesus said, okay, you want this water? Go and call your husband. Ah, sir, I have no husband, though. Maybe she was trying to prove innocent. I have no husband though. Or maybe she just loved this handsome Jesus. 
I'm available. People have all kinds of motives. I have no husband, though. Jesus said, yes, you have spoken well because you've had five husbands. And the one you are living with now is not your husband. Ah, Chuku Merije. Chineke Mebere. Lord have mercy. How did Jesus do it? By the Spirit. How should we do it? By the Spirit. If he reveals to you, fine. If he doesn't, glory to God. I was praying for a lady. She came from the U.S. some time ago. I ministered Jesus to her. She gave, gave her life to Christ. Then ministered Holy Ghost baptism. Then while we were praying, it just was revealed to my spirit. And I said, are you a lawyer? She said, yes. I was. And she was startled. It just came home. I've seen things like that. They've happened. God is according to the spirit. As he wills. And I prayed and I've seen nothing. Glory be to God. At other times, I've seen something. I was counseling a couple who were going to get married and I prayed with them. They came to me for prayer and counseling. And I prayed with them. I'd never met the guy before. And I stopped the prayer. In the middle of the prayer, I said, bro, do you smoke? Because I could perceive the smell of cigarettes. And mm, 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 mm. he had muscle pull in his mouth. He couldn't talk. The lady quickly spoke. Ah, no, 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 he doesn't smoke. Said, Shh, bro, do you smoke? This was about a week to the wedding. <laughs> now, but let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is not Olufofo. So get that right. <laughs> when he reveals something, it's because he wants to heal that thing. When he exposes any part of your life, is because he wants to heal that part of your life. Are you getting what I'm saying now? So you get it right. I ministered to that guy. I believe they are doing well now. I ministered to him that night. Led him to Christ. And in fact, I learned, I think afterwards, they went to the Bible school of their church. So you see how it works. Sweet. About visions. I'm done for, about the teaching tonight. I'm going to stop here. At John chapter 4, how Jesus used that gift, it was by an inward revelation. You know, the Bible didn't say that Jesus saw in a vision. Are you with me tonight? Are you getting what I'm saying? We are done now. The Bible didn't say that Jesus saw in a vision. This one came by inward revelation. So you too, sometimes it will come in a vision. Some other time, it will come in, a, 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 in, in an inward revelation. You will just have that revelation in your spirit. All right? I read of um, the days of the Soviet Union when churches were meeting on the ground. In the Soviet Union, they were not permitted to have open churches like this. So they will meet in different homes and they will announce whose home was next. There were about 22 brethren in that meeting, in each meeting. But every time they met, the police would come and beat them up and harass them. In fact, I just heard of a book written about that similar account just yesterday. Uh, the book is titled, I think, Forgive Me, Natasha, by one Russian uh, a, a secret service officer. But that's not the one I'm talking about, but just similar to what they were going through at that time. So this particular group of Christians, when they meet here, the police will come and beat them up like we're meeting here. So... They will announce the next meeting, next uh, point of meeting. Secret place, oh, 
Police would come. Beat them up. Ah! It got to a point, the leader of the group now said, we are all believers and we have the Holy Ghost. <laughs> See, the church that goes through persecution grows up very quickly. But the kind of church we operate now, we have Jelenke, everything is set. Everything is settled. We're not thinking of Boko Haram. We're not thinking of anybody coming to bomb the church. That's why many will sit at home and be eating pizza and be watching Netflix on the screen, the TV screen, this service on their mobile screen. Oh, Pastor Fred. Ah, Pastor Fred. Oh, man, guy. There's a lot of comfort. There are places in the world today where they are praying, they are trusting God to be able to meet. One of them is China. To be able to meet. They, they have underground churches. Secret and they are growing in their numbers. Jesus is revealing himself to them because the church under persecution is a church given to prayer. And their prayer is not, Lord bless me, give me designer shirt. They don't have time for all the frivolities that we have time for. They are saying, Lord, let your kingdom come. Fill up this land with the knowledge of your will. That's their prayer. Anything that does not glorify you in my life, take it away. Those are their kinds of prayer. Not Lord. See, bro, Daniel Ems now, he's just bought a nice Toyota Camry 2015. Lord, give me my own 2018. After all, we are not mates. He met me in this church. It's not a church given to carnality. A church given to envy, backbiting, evil speaking. You don't like somebody. Somebody doesn't like you. He stepped on me. I stepped on him. You are not, you know, we are not ready. The church under persecution, they grow very quickly. They grow. All these things, all these gifts, they, you see them in manifestation at their meetings. Let me tell you what happened in that church. The final meeting they had, they were tired of the police coming to beat them. Give them raw beating. The leader said, we all go home and pray in the Holy Ghost and we'll tell the Holy Ghost to tell us the next place of meeting. So it's your responsibility to wait on God and find out where he wants us to meet. Everybody went home and prayed in the Holy Ghost. <laughs> that is where Ashiri will too of people who don't know how to hear the spirit at all. Who have been living their life by guesswork. Mm, I, I perceive, I, I think the Holy Ghost wants me to date you. Oh. <laughs> mm. You know, people have a form of godliness too much. You try to uh, uh, intimidate baby Christians with your spirit. I feel, I beseech you. Let me stop that nonsense, my friend. One brother, we withhold his name. When I was in drama, in the other church, oh, he looked the most spiritual. When we are praying, oh my God, he will lift, he will do his head like this. He will look up. Oh, oh, oh. We, some of us, Lord, have mercy on us. Me, I be more color boy. Me, I see the bounce. You get what I say at the talk? At the bounce, where, where? You know, I be, me, I be 
street guy, say you get. No be street like that, but street small, say you get. So I now came to the midst of very holy people. The way we cut his hair, the way we talk in his shirt, the way everything. We make a sin. Chop me again, no. You get what I'm saying? Do you hear from God? Do you relate to God? Do you relate to the Holy Ghost? Those are the things that matter. So the leader of the cell group told them, What's the cell? Very soon I, I'm gonna invite someone to come and teach us about how to run effective cell churches. I want the expression house to start. We had it during the lockdown. I want us to revisit it. I want us to have cell churches from which we will grow and then get other people into the house and get people to be established and know one another. The church of God cannot afford to be scattered. We can't afford to have schism. One party here, another party there. It's not a PCPDP. It's one church. And I thank God for what the Holy Ghost started last Sunday. Was it last Sunday we sang that song? Second service. Anyways, you know where there is unity, we can hear from God very, very easily. Out of the 22 of them, by the next meeting at the appointed time, at the appointed place by the Holy Ghost, 21 showed up. Only one person didn't know the venue. And guess what? It was Mama Gloria Copeland who wrote this in one of her books. Was it that Mama Gloria Copeland or Marilyn Heike? But I think it was Gloria Copeland. I'll get the book again and I'll share with you. They found out that the 22nd person who did not come was the spy. Because that day, the police did not know where they were and didn't come to beat them up. So that 22nd person was a secret service agent. So whenever they announced venue of meeting, you would tell the police, they'll come and beat them. But now they didn't announce venue. They said, Holy Ghost will tell us the venue. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you challenged by such? No, no. Does that challenge you? That okay? All right, so stand on your feet, everybody, tonight. Glory be to God. We are going to have Bible study next Thursday, but everybody go and wait on God and ask him where the venue is going to be. Can, can we start practicing that right now? Uh, Pastor, Let, let's finish this series. <laughs> Am I right about that? Stand on your feet, everybody. <laughs> Praise God. But I, I promise you we are going to do that someday. I promise you. So get, 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 get ready. <laughs> tell your neighbor, say, get ready. Husband will not tell his wife. <laughs> well, that week, all of us will be very spiritual. <laughs> and I can imagine some apostles will go and find out from some apostles and say, brother, do, do we have a witness of the spirit? <laughs> what is the spirit witnessing to you, brother? We are not going to compare no two. Everybody will just be on their own and just pray and say, Lord, they cara no more And I tell you, please, let us exercise ourselves in these things because the days will come when you really badly will need to hear from God on a matter that is life and death and nobody will be there but you alone. And it will be easy to hear from God because you've been in constant touch 
with him. Amen. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice. This will help us to fight less. If you know you have an assignment one week to wait on God to know the next venue of meeting, will it matter to you that you greeted somebody last Sunday and they didn't answer? In fact, you'll reach out to them and say, whatever I have done, please forgive me. <laughs> I don't want any strife because I don't want anything to block my hearing channel. I want the channel to be clear. Is that right? That's the church that Jesus is coming for. The church without spot, the church without wrinkle. May the Holy Spirit help us in Jesus' name.